I am the warrior of Christmas, the world we will tell. Christmas time, free your mind, let love unwind. The warrior of Christmas has cast out the neon prince. Hail the new claws, your hair he will ring. Welcome to the Weird Christmas Podcast. I'm Craig Kringle. I share certain holiday traditions with a small but intensely committed group of people. These traditions are by no means widespread, but among my community there's a slowly growing set of rituals that I really think it's important for me to share. These traditions bring intense joy, laughter, and even a sense of sharing something special among a community of like-minded individuals, and it makes me sad that more people don't know about them. Because you see, it's not Christmas for me until I see Santa get abducted by Martians. Santa Claus on Mars? I think it would go something well, like this. Santa Claus. There's only one Santa Claus, and he's an Earth. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I guess that takes care of that. Didn't I tell you it was a foolish idea to seek advice from that old man? This is a serious matter, Voldar. And desperate problems require desperate deeds. Dunder Chief. Earth has had Santa Claus long enough. We will bring him to Mars. I'm against it. Our children are fine the way they are. I don't want any Santa Claus bringing them toys and games. They'll start playing and laughing and running underfoot. They'll become a nuisance. I've made my decision. We leave for Earth tonight. Pack your other mustache. I just don't feel right until I've rooted for old Saint Nick as he fights one of Satan's mincing minions for the soul of a poor little Mexican girl while enlisting the help of Merlin and an odd collection of international children who can't sing. Well, what happened here? I can smell sulfur. Oh, sorry, that was me. Well, that must explain this. That old devil pitch must be around here. (laughs) Jim J. Bullock is more frightening than that devil. (laughs) Hi, Mr. Rash. Santa's determined to get in. He'll find a way. He's not one to give up. Oh, oh, got some plastique in here. Fragmentation bomb. (laughs) Well, time for a Mai Tai. (laughs) Big one, too. Well, there's more than one way to beat the devil. Santa will jump down using his magic parasol. With a ten-point degree of difficulty. Old pitch hadn't covered on this. Do, do, almost do. with anger. And if I don't see the old elf sit sweating on the beach while legions of random kids bring increasingly useless animals to try to pull a sleigh out of the sand, I just don't feel like Christmas has really come. Wow. Oh, woe is me. Woe is him? Woe Maybe a clue that Santa is actually Joey Lawrence. Woe. Santa free. Who will give me a helping hand and get my sleigh out of the sand? Santa, not a member of AAA. Or AA, it seems, by his drunken warbling. It was just too hot for them, I fear. My predicament lacks its usual cheer. So usually his predicaments are filled with cheer. They stopped leaving day-old bread behind the supermarket for me. What a cheerful predicament. Who will help me? And even if I do see those things, if they aren't accompanied by the snarky commentary of a few cheesy puppets or the disembodied voices of random overdubbed people making fun of them, well then it's just not worth calling it a holiday. Because I need Mystery Science Theater and riff tracks for my Christmas. And I do mean need. Some people have to see A Christmas Story or It's a Wonderful Life or even any old version of A Christmas Carol to make sure it's Christmas. But I have to watch really bad movies and have people make fun of them for me or I won't let my kids open presents. 
Now, if you don't know what Mystery Science Theater 3000 is, part of me wants to tell you that I don't want you listening to this podcast. I don't need your kind, but, but that's rude and not in the Christmas spirit. But for those of you who don't know about the greatest television show that ever existed, Mystery Science Theater 3000 is a show where people make fun of bad movies. If you were ever channel surfing in the 90s or early 2000s on Comedy Central or the Sci-Fi Channel and saw those little silhouettes of theater seats with a guy and two robots, it's that. So I just deleted a bunch of recordings of me rambling on about the history of the show because I'm totally that kind of fanboy when it comes to MST. But my unending knowledge of too many uninteresting aspects of the show isn't the point. The point is, they take awful movies and TV shows and make fun of them. And they do it better than anyone else ever could. And they always make room for Christmas, especially the Rift Tracks folk who are three of the cast from the old days and some new writers that now have their own thing. There's a small but growing collection of Christmas episodes and one-offs from all these various incarnations of MST, and it's time they became everyone's go-to holiday entertainment. Now there's a problem here. Half of the fun of this stuff is visual, and this is a podcast. So at this point, if you really want to know what you're missing, turn this off and go look up what I've got in the show notes. Just watch it. Really. But if you want more, I was lucky enough to talk to Connor Lestauka, who writes for Rift Tracks Now, and the thing I love is that they're keeping the spirit of awful Christmas movies alive. There'll always be a special place in my heart for the two movies that MST did back in the 90s. Santa Claus Conquers the Martians was actually a half-watchable, if really terribly bad B-movie, but it was watchable because it was Christmas schlock, which means that you forgive anything remotely unrealistic. Then they did Santa Claus, which was a Mexican movie produced in 1960-something. It's an odd mix of Santa myths and, one supposes, a vague Catholicism, since one of Satan's devils, Pitch, is the main antagonist. Most of it's about Pitch and Santa trying to convince children to come to their side of the moral spectrum, with a lot of just surreal misunderstandings of anyone's traditions getting thrown into the mix. Those episodes were so popular that both Rift Tracks and Cinematic Titanic, which was basically all the non-Rift Tracks cast, they re-riffed those movies. Or Rift Tracks did both, and Cinematic Titanic did The Martians, and it's fun to retread old ground for the fans, but Rift Tracks has been putting out new stuff at a pretty steady clip. When I got to talk to Connor Lestauka, who wasn't with Mystery Science Theater but has been a writer for the Rift Tracks guys from the beginning, I asked him why they put such an emphasis on finding new Christmas fodder. Well, I think that, you know, there's a couple of reasons. One is that, you know, it's something that we're aware of that, you know, every person who creates entertainment is aware of that if you sort of like the how you say if uh, if you add wedding to anything, the cost of that thing is going to double. Like if you're doing wedding flowers, that's more than uh, regular flowers would cost. If you do Christmas on your movie title, it's going to be watched by a lot more people. Hence, you know, the Hallmark Channel's entire oeuvre and, uh, um, you know, just the dozens of garbage Christmas movies that come out every year without regard for quality or anything. Because if you land one of those and it becomes the next sort of classic, I think it just sort of prints money um, all year long. So uh, we, you know, have the same sort of thing going. It's like we, we want to have a, a Christmas release every year. And fortunately, uh, there's all these movies that have come out <laughs> throughout uh, the advent of cinema that are uh, sort of trying to cash in on the same thing that we're trying to cash in on. So a lot of times they they go very poorly because people don't put a lot of thought into them. Which is perfect for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So when that comes along, that makes our, uh, you know, we, we, we obviously try to, to put effort and thought into everything we're doing to make it good. But the fact that uh, a lot of people didn't makes our jobs easier in that department. I think they just got people who are making, you know, Roger Corman look like a, a detail-focused Terrence Malick and how <laughs> fast they want to crank out these Christmas things. Like, I, we don't care. Nobody cares. Just give parents something they can sit their kids in front of and, you know, I need it tomorrow. And that's something, too, speaking of those Hallmark things. Um, there's There are a lot of 
speaking of podcasts, a lot of at least three or four that I know of where people are, you know, tearing apart every one that oh, comes wild. out. So, um, yeah. 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 So. That's uh that's an obsession of Mike's that he sort of revealed to me maybe just a week or two ago that he's been just sort of having those on in the background for the, for the holiday season. And so he's, he's well-versed in, in that world. I, I don't have the channel, so I, uh, I haven't really experienced him, but yeah, that, that seems to be an untapped vault of, of, of humor. Um, I guess tapped, as you said, but uh, untapped for us. So maybe, maybe that'll be something we're able to strike a deal with for the future. That would be really fun. And I think it's also like you said about how your you and your father-in-law watched uh, um, the Turkey Day Marathon together. Is that there's a lot of time with family, and there's a lot of time to uh, where you 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 sort of done, talked about all of everything you need to. So if you have a, a chance to sit and watch something for two hours, that's a good way to you know decompress and uh, I'll just not talk for a long time. I agree. Um, so one thing I'm curious about too is where I mean I'm sure this is a common question, but where you found all of the Christmas shorts because Rift Tracks in particular has a ton. In fact, my favorite things that you guys have done are the Christmas shorts. Um, nice. Yeah. Christmas Rhapsody and very <laughs> odd going to Santa's village. Um, you know, the kids have the dream after their oh, yeah. dad Brother. comes in. Yeah. So where have you found those? Before? <laughs> uh, so in the early days, we would essentially go on um, eBay by, by, you know, crates, you know, just search for a lot, 16 millimeter, buy a lot of, of, uh, 16 millimeter films that were either coming from like a library that had shut down or someone who had, you know, raided their uh, grandmother's estate sale and just found all these things. And we would go through them like just film by film, um, trying to look for something that was good. And, and the hit rate was maybe like one in five. Um, but sometimes you would see that there was Christmas things in there. And since we were, um, you know, and early on, our thing, I think our second live show was Christmas shorts. We sort of prioritized looking for that type of stuff. Um, so you can sometimes see in the description of those slots, whether there's a Christmas title in them. And so we would, you would, you would seek those out. Um, and, Nowadays, I think that it's uh, we sort of just have our eyes out all year, all year long. Like I think during um, you know two or three years ago, the the year that we released the Wizzo Christmas special, our uh, our CEO uh, came to Nashville. We were doing a live show there in in June or August, and was like, "I've found what could be this year's Christmas release." Um, I don't know if it's too bad. Like <laughs> he's well aware of what we like and what we don't, and that was one where he was like, "I'm not sure what you guys are going to do with this one." But so yeah, there's just sort of this radar all year long, uh, looking for these looking for these titles because we know that um, you you can put them out in Christmas and it's always a big event. Like we we found Fun in Balloon Land in February and had to wait uh, ten months before we could put that out just because it was you know it's that sort of Christmassy holiday title. So sometimes you can get impatient about it, but it's always a a good thing to have in the hopper. Right? Could you describe Wizzo the Clown for those who may not know that one? I've sat through it a couple times, and I think sat through it is probably a good way to describe it. Yeah, Wizzo the Clown was like, I guess, uh, in a in a bygone era, the the sort of Bozo the Clown era. There was always a a local clown in any sort of uh, media market, just like you would have your local news team. Um, and so Wizzo was the the local clown of Kansas City, um, and he just had a show. Kids would come and watch it. And I guess one year they made a, a Christmas special where he um, went to the North Pole and, you know, it was all filmed on the cheap and uh, all pretty much improvised from what we could gather. So it's a uh, it's a it's a sort of a fever dream of a Christmas special. But um, for wh whatever reason, it, it came to our attention and it, it proved very popular. Um, usually if the question is, is this bad enough that we can't do it? The answer is almost always no. <laughs> and those are sort of the things that people really respond well to. Not a 
creature was stirring, not even an elephant. Elephant! <laughs> Boy, you say it isn't still out there today. You're crazy. It is really um, coming down. Guys? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what have we done? I don't know, Mike. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, oh, I've been out shopping, and, and I got all the Christmas presents for, for everybody. I got one for, I got one. Dalton Trumbull's dialogue really sizzles, though. for uh, Sam and... Oh, Grandpa boy, took the dog's heartworm really medicine really again. Is this how Oppenheimer felt when he watched the first A-bomb test? Well, I, I better get these packages. Whoops, I guess one of those bunnies still had some life in him. Just like right I think uh, Santa versus or Santa and the ice cream bunny, which is also incredibly mm-hmm. low budget production, where I think the majority of the scenes are Santa sitting on a beach in a sleigh. If I remember correctly, yep. yeah. Yep. <laughs> like you said, like that one, they just sort of decided to sit sit Santa somewhere, and then it became a Christmas thing. Even though most of it was about Thumbelina and the uh, not even a not a Christmas character, not a character, the ice cream bunny. He's just <laughs> something they they had an ice cream bunny suit around and decided that uh, he would meet Santa. So it's a uh, it's a it's a weird world of the people who make these things. <laughs> now this year, you guys have done the Yule log which I thought was yeah. a, an awesome idea. Could you describe that one? <laughs> that was something, again, that we were sort of had on the uh, the radar uh, all, all year long. And it was the idea was, you know, these Yule Log videos are are really popular on on streaming services because people like to like to put them on and just sort of have them on the background. Like I've put one on. I don't have a fireplace and it adds a, a weird level of comfort to, to your home. Uh, so we thought that we would do one and sort of make it into its own special like um, clips from uh, bigger budget movies and clips from uh, shorts we've done in the past, but also like carols and Christmas songs and um, new short clips and stuff like that. So they they air on a little TV that Kevin is you know continually stoking the fire uh, throughout the thing. And you just can, can sort of put it on while you're, you know, going about your Christmas cookie baking or just sort of sitting around. And um, it's a little more entertaining than your standard Yule log. Yeah. And it's, I think you also have a video up there of the making of the Yule log, which I think is a couple (laughs) minutes of the camera recording the Yule log, which I was kind of hoping that one would be an hour and a half, two hours. (laughs) Yeah. You can, uh, you can go to these, all sorts of meta things as you're, as you're going through the making of process. So yeah, every, everything we can do to, to provide more content for people is, uh, is the goal these days. Well, do you have any particular uh, favorites of all the Christmas things you guys at Rift Tracks have done? Oh man, like I think that the uh, there was one that was called a uh, you you might know better than I do. What was the one where Santa went to Africa and or was kidnapped by African warlords? <laughs> I've got it. I believe in Santa Claus is what it was called. That one was truly delightful. That was another one that we sort of had all year long. It was like, well, we've got our Christmas movie. Um, Santa is kidnapped by uh, African warlords. Uh, a fairy princess comes to Norway to or, or to Lapland, which is Finland, maybe to take the kids so that they can rescue him. And if that sounds like it doesn't make any sense, it makes even less sense when you're actually seeing it take place. Uh, it's just, the again, the sort of thing that uh, I don't think it would fly these days. But I think, you know, back before um, 
you know, cable TV and stuff, when people were just making these things and, and hoping they were sti- would stick, they they took a lot of weird risks, and uh, this was definitely one of them. I, yeah, but like the other the other um, delightful Christmas thing we did was that short short so I mentioned that has um, you know Christmas Rhapsody, which is the uh, the tree that is small and of no account. The trees stand tall and proud, soon to be cut down for toilet paper. Except for a lowly little one. The Al Pacino of trees. Oh, I'm a tree. <laughs> oh, yeah. He thinks himself small and of no account. He's such an idiot. Don't pay any attention to him. The grand big trees. They tower above me. And so I will set them on fire and laugh as they burn. And it has uh, Rudolph's uh, weird uh, uh, animated movie with his, his his shockingly attractive reindeer mom. Um, and we did a, a whole uh, Christmas show based on that. And one of the things that still delights me to this day and age was it was our you know second live show. We were still figuring things out. And we had this short that was called <laughs> Parade of Aquatic Champions that we, we had found. We were like, oh, it's, you know, it's it's weird it's we don't really know what to do with it so let's put it in the christmas show since it has nothing to do with christmas and we'll pretend that it's you know uh bill's christmas tradition is watching this show and the audience did not buy into that premise whatsoever and uh it, it just sort of hung there for the pretty much the duration of the entire uh show and then uh, of the entire short and then after it was done we had a bit prepared where, where bill would sing a christmas carol about one of the characters but since no one had bought into it at the first place he sort of had to get up there and proceed through with this bit that he knew wasn't going to land. And uh, it was not good in the moment, but uh, afterwards it became the sort of thing that we we laugh about to this day. Well, it doesn't, cause I I've seen the live one. I mean, I, I own the live one and I didn't catch on to that. I thought it was funny. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's sitting there in the theater. It was like a bit more like, Oh boy. <laughs> you guys have also redone um, the two from mystery science theater, the Santa Claus conquers the Martians and then the Mexican Santa Claus movie. Why did you redo them? Well, I think, you know, answer number one is that they're public domain movies that we can <laughs> do without any any rights. And they already have a, you know, name recognition. So that makes it uh, uh, easier for people. To, those are both live events, too. So it made it easier for people to sort of, you know, go out this time of year um, and check them out. Uh, another reason we did them is because both of those movies were things that when they did them on MST, they had to cut um, for time. So there's stuff in them that has never been well, for most people has not been seen before, hasn't been riffed before. For example, there's a, a, many more scenes in the um, Santa Claus, the Mexican Santa Claus movie that involve Merlin, which not a, not a Christmas character and is a very annoying character in this movie. Here is Merlin the wizard, a little absent-minded perhaps, but yep. Santa's most devoted helper. Yep, Merlin, that classic Christmas character. Yep. Merlin, where are you? In a science lab on a cloud at Santa's house, obviously. Mr. Merlin. You're parked in my spot again. Mr. Merlin. What, 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 what's the matter? Oh, Santa Claus, what a start you gave me. <laughs> I dropped my teeth in the cauldron again. Oh, quite unusual. <laughs> I suppose you've changed the colors again. This one will surpass the others. Hey, Steph, will have you tripping sleigh bells. Into the ring, Oof. A variety of wonderful colors will fill the entire heaven. And the fallout will last for centuries. Well, Mr. Merlin, tell me if the sleeping powders are mixed. The dreaming powders that fill everyone with joy and goodwill and the flowers that disappear. Yes, Santa's traditional dreaming powder. Yes. Yep. And the flowers that disappear. Don't forget that Christmas classic. Oh, it is. In three minutes, they'll be ready. 
I shall reveal to you the secret of the magic stardust concocted by Merlin, oh. which is unsurpassed for sound sleeping. Please, let me go by. I just got to call my mom real quick. She and her new husband had a baby. Yeah, and it added a lot, too. I mean, that was... The, Merlin, I think, makes the movie worse <laughs> in many ways. So, in wonderful Doddering ways. around yes. and muttering. Yeah, yes, it's, yeah. It's, it's very bizarre. And the other one you guys were able to do that I think a lot of people had hoped Mystery Science Theater would be able to do was the Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I and completely forgot so about you that. So you guys got a hold of that one and were able to... to actually do it quite a good job yeah that one that one was <laughs> making it watch that one was really early on i think that one was one that like mike and i just you know we we divided it into half we're like all right well we we got to get this done like well let's each write a half of this but what makes that one so much fun is that you know in addition to all the star wars stuff is that uh it has all these commercials in it which are just an amazing time capsule of the of the late 70s so that was a really fun um way to sort of uh, the Star Wars Holiday Special has like weird, creepy, long moments, and that was a great way to sort of break those up. And and then you know you can call them back throughout the course of the riff, which is a a little gift you're you're, you're given. But yeah, I forgot about the Star Wars Holiday Special. We're doing uh we're doing writing a riff for Solo, a Star Wars story right now, and uh, I will have to work some callbacks to uh to the to the Holiday Special in there. I just saw Chewbacca's first appearance, so maybe that's an opportunity. There you go. His family. I forgot, oh, shoot, I forgot his wife's name in that. Uh, yeah, Mala, the, Itchy, the and Lumpy. And yeah, please. There you go. Lumpy. This Lumpy, you can't forget. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so any other Christmas things coming out this year in addition to the Yule Log? Yeah. Let, let, so we've got, um, I think that on the, on the Yule Log, we had um, some shorts that we had sort of teased. Um, and I, I, I haven't watched the whole thing, so I, I'm not sure what they did it. But we've got a, we found an old version of a Christmas Carol that Coronet made. Coronet has made uh, 20,000 shorts in their things. We've still just scratched the surface with the amount of Coronet shorts we've done. So there's like a 25 minute Christmas Carol that I think ended, I thought it was made in like the twenties, like after they had invented a film, but I guess it was in the fifties. So that's a lot of fun. It's fun to get a chance to do a Christmas Carol. Um, We've got a, uh, a, a shoemaker and the elves. That's a Japanese claymation that sort of has a Christmas theme to it. Uh, that one's really exciting. Just, I don't know if it's claymation or puppets, but it's like got that sort of weird uh, team America vibe, what they were going for with that. So that's uh, oddly creepy, but yet it's also sort of interesting. So that's a lot of fun. Um, what else have we done? Oh, brother. Oh man. I'm uh, to, to even mention this one. I teased this one on, on Twitter. So I think we can talk about it, but uh we have another movie by the by the director of A Talking Cat, which is a movie we did earlier this year, and it's called Santa's Summer House, Santa's Summer Home. It's set in the same house as A Talking Cat. Uh, it has some of the s- similar themes to A Talking Cat, like not talking cats, obviously, but uh, a woman who owns a catering operation, which was a surprisingly prominent theme in A Talking Cat. Uh, Santa in that one is played by um, uh, the son of Robert Mitchum. His name is Chris Mitchum. Um, he's terrible. <laughs> he does not have a beard. Uh, they don't really make any effort to to make him look like Santa Claus, but this is his uh, his summer home, and he invites people there and uh, tries to uh, cure their 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 lifelong sort of um, the trauma. He essentially plays psychologist for all of them and shows them their old Christmas letters they had written to him that for some reason he didn't act on, but he's showing them that <laughs> to sort of prove that he is Santa, that he has the letter they wrote to him when he was nine, being like, "Please help my parents get back together," and he's like. 
he never really explains why he didn't do anything, but he thinks that this is going to somehow make things better, you know, decades after the trauma occurred. Oh, wow. So that one's really that fun. awesome. It has a Corgi, Corgi in it too, which is a, was a personal, uh, fun thing for me. That's amazing. All right. Well, I, I am definitely looking forward to that one. So that's awesome. Well, that's good to know too, because I know in a lot of the sort of talk about the new mystery science theater season, a lot of people were a little disappointed that there wasn't a Christmas episode. So you guys can fill that gap. Very yeah, absolutely. I think this is going to be, I mean, you know, when you've done as many as we have and when they do descend to the heights of, of Wizzo, it's, it is sort of hard to, to find a brand new one. But I think this one is a, <laughs> it's a very good addition to everything. There's like a croquet sequence that goes on for about five minutes. And I think that's after Kevin edited out about three minutes of the croquet sequence, just so we wouldn't literally be talking about an eight minute long croquet sequence and have nothing to say about it by the end of it. So uh, I think people are going to respond well, especially if they've uh, seen a talking cat or some of the guys at their movies. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks, Connor. I really appreciate it. Cool. Thanks so much, Craig. Yeah. Have a great day. Connor's done a lot of other really fun things like two collections of really awful Wikipedia writing as well as written a couple of novels. And I put extra bits of our talk up on the show notes at weirdchristmas.com where he talks about that stuff. And really, even though I'm releasing this episode after Christmas, you should definitely extend your Christmas season by grabbing those Rift Track shorts. They're terrible and hilarious all at once. Mystery Science Theater 3000, Rift Tracks, Cinematic Titanic. It's part of my Christmas celebration. It should be part of yours. And you know what should also be part of your Christmas and post-Christmas festivities? Giving to those in need. Like me. I owe a huge thank you to some folk who recognized my neediness and bought me a coffee on ko-fi.com. Coffee.com. First, thanks to Michelle who not only wrote a story for my writing contest, which I loved, but also gave me some cash. And she did it after all the results so it wasn't a bribe to get her piece on the show, which it was. Emac left a note saying I had to keep it weird all year long and... Dude, if you only knew. Mel Black is a Canadian who hit me up, which made me realize I need to do something on Canadian holidays and how they're barely different enough from ours here in the U.S. that it's not really uncanny or weird, but just different enough to make me feel like I'm not at home. And lastly, thanks to Todd. I don't know anything about Todd other than that he signed the donation, Todd. But Todd, thank you for your incredible generosity of the multiple, multiple coffees you single-handedly made a small project possible for next year, and I can't tell you how grateful I am. And that's it for your first two post-Christmas podcasts that I just didn't have time to finish before the big day because I'm bad at planning, and also sometimes life just happens. But check me out on all your favorite social media sites, except for TikTok. I ain't doing that thing. I've got New Year's cards coming out still. Go over to weirdchristmas.com for articles and other goodies as well as the show notes for the podcasts. And of course, subscribe and leave a review on whatever podcast app or iTunes thing you listen to. Just makes me happy and strokes my ego. So until next time, don't let Santa stuff you in his bulging, sweaty sack. Oh, oh, I start. I get it. I'm sorry. Okay, pick it up. Open up your heart and let the Patrick Swayze Christmas in. We'll gather at the roadhouse with our next of kin. And Santa can be our regular Saturday night thing. We'll decorate a bar stool and gather round and sing. Have a Patrick Swayze Christmas this year Or we'll tear your throat out and kick oh. you in the ear Hold it, hold it a can, but stop it uh, Crow, I don't know if I think this is an appropriate sentiment anymore for Christmas Hey, what, like a good action sequence don't belong at Christmas?
Well, no, it's just that I've never heard of an action sequence in A Christmas Carol before. Yeah. Well, then grab hold of your socks and read on, Joe Robinson. Okay, okay. pick it up from measure 20, Kamba. <clears throat> Lovely intro, though. Very tasteful. Thank you. I like that. It's my way or the highway this Christmas at my bar. I'll have to smash your kneecaps if you bastards touch my car. I got the word that Santa has been stealing from the till. I think that that right jolly old elf better make out his will. Oh, let's have a Patrick Swayze Christmas one and all. And this can be the haziest. This can be the laziest. This can be the swayziest Christmas of them How long before it becomes a standard? I think you gotta come with me. Come on. Ah! We'll be right back. Save a leg for me. <laughs>